0: Live from Casa de Monte Cristo with Blaine and Marcus. It's smoking section.
1: This is a special episode. Yeah dude. This is a really good episode. Yeah, man. Because I actually bought notes because our guest is just as I was telling him, he just has way too much shit going on that I would forgot about. <laughs> so I'm gonna read this off. Our guest today. Read it off, man. Has cuts by Florida Georgia Line, yep. Morgan Wallen, Jake Owen, Chris Jansen, Justin Moore, Kel Dodds, John Party, Cole Swindell, and Michael Ray. He has produced <laughs> Chris Young, Ray Lynn, Cassidy Pope, Low Cash, Kel Dodds, Thousand Horses, Seth Ennis, James Otto, Eric Pesley, Jamie Lynn Spears. He is an ACM-nominated... Billboard Music Award nominated, mm-hmm. and Grammy nominated. Yes, sir. He has three number ones, well, four. Is it four or is it three?
2: Three as a writer, three five as a producer.
1: Three as a writer, five as a producer. Hanging On by Chris Young.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm Coming Over, which was a three-week number one hit. <laughs> Think of You featuring Cassidy Pope. Yeah. That's all I jot down. Current singles he has on the radio right now, <laughs> Tailgate by Ray Lynn. Mm-hmm. Mason Ramsey's famous, low cash, feels like a party, and raised on country by Chris Young. This is a Georgia boy. <laughs> yes, he is. Corey Crowder.
2: What's up, dude? Corey
1: Crowder. Yes. Man, Told I need
2: you. to take you with me everywhere. You make me feel good. I don't, I don't bring <laughs> notes. I have to bring notes. Make me feel good about myself. I don't
1: bring notes. Georgia boy has seceded. Yes. And is making things happen. Doing the damn thing. Hey, yeah, he's doing. <laughs> I'm going to title that Doing the Damn doing Thing.
2: Doing the damn thing. That's the title of the episode. That's what I'm, write, I'm writing that tomorrow. That's going to be the title I write tomorrow.
0: Well, hey, that 15%. Hi. <laughs> you heard
2: it here first. <laughs> you heard it here
1: first. 15%. Not even in the damn room. <laughs> Dang, you drive a hard bargain. Right? Jeez. I just want two. <laughs> I just want two. Shit. <laughs> this is my first time meeting you alright You're a queer one cool motherfucker.
2: Thanks, dude.
1: I've heard a lot about you through Dwayne, because you guys go way back. We do. But yeah. I also heard about, a lot about you through Mr. Kale
2: Dodds, because you guys go way back. Back we to the
1: quote-unquote American hang.
2: Dude, we go... Kale and I go back to... Kale was 14 in a band, oh. and they opened for me in uh, Columbus, Georgia, and they were in like a pop-punk band, and I was trying to be... Uh, the next Ryan Adams. I thought I was so cool. We'll play <laughs> and I played harmonica. And, uh yeah, me and Cale and his brother Chase hit it off. We've been buds for a long time. Wow. He's like my oldest, one of my how oldest is, friends. How old is he
1: now? He's, what, 20-something now?
2: He's going to kill me, but I, he's in that 3 club, bro. Is he really? Yeah. He's in the 3-0 now? I know. Hey, I wish I looked like he does. When I was, wow. I mean, <laughs> he wow. looks good.
0: I'm about to be in the 3-0 club. I'm not going to say what club I'm in. We already know you. You, you over the 40 club. Over the hill. I'm over the hill, but I'm still under. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: so, oh, yeah. So, wow. I, I, need I, <laughs> I need a drink after that. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, I need a drink after that one. Hood oh, shit. Man. So, um, let's talk about the Georgia boy. All right. Loganville, Georgia, right? Yeah. See, I did my research today. Yeah. I told you. I'm on a roll today. I was, I was productive Dude, today. you're crushing it. So how was the life as as the young Corey Crowder growing up?
2: Uh, I was real into sports. Okay. Uh, I was from a small town, so, you know, none of my family's into music, so I, music wasn't really a thing for me until maybe high school. I played guitar. My dad was a big pawn shop guy. He likes junk. And he, like, repurposes junk. Wow. You know, the old another man's trash, another man's treasure wow. kind of deal. Yeah. So dad got me dad got me a guitar and I started taking lessons but I never it was just a hobby Mm-hmm. So, growing up in Georgia, I kind of just remember fishing and playing basketball. I was really into basketball. You know, you can ask Dwayne what my skills are like. Because Dwayne's here. seen it firsthand. Okay. I, I shut that Dwayne? man down. I'm going to say, did you beat Dwayne? Oh, I mean, yeah. okay. I mean, for
1: those of you who can't see, this, Corey Crowder is a, uh, is what, six foot what? Six foot
2: five. Yeah. I might have shrunk, but since, <laughs> since I measured last.
0: <laughs> but hold on. Let's go back to this basketball thing. See? Oh, here we go. Me and Crowder, we was on the road. We was in hanging out in kinsaw and everything i was tired i think i woke up the next morning i'm hearing excuses i'm hearing a lot of excuses i I think i i think i smoked a blunt that morning oh my god and um crowder's like hey man let's go hang out let's go shoot some ball i'm like all right i didn't know he was a hoop star you know, I just wanted to
2: go throw the ball in the hoop. That's all I wanted to do. You thought I was a nerdy white dude that had no game, and you were just so confident. Oh. He was talking so much shit on probably. the ride down to Georgia. He was like, I was like, Dwayne, if you don't quit, we are going to find a basketball court." He was like, let's go. Let's do it. We get out there. I'll never forget. I was like, you go first, superstar. Airball. Air he ball. was like, oh, man, I'm, give me that. Get ball ain't, that's not regulation, ball. <laughs> That go twelve feet tall. What's going on there? Man, it
0: was it was ugly.
2: Oh man. It was
0: so ugly that I want I still today want my rematch.
2: <laughs> I'll be a referee. You for can that. have it any time. I'll be a. s I'll okay. be a spectator.
1: Okay. <laughs> I'll be a spectator for that. I mm-hmm. will be playing. I uh, got I I got two left feet on that one. Yeah, I'm
0: blunt free this time. Yeah, let's go.
2: Dude, we had a we did a tree <laughs> vibes. On
0: YouTube.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we did a tree vibes basketball team last year, and that shit was funny, dude. It was like We thought we were because we were all used to play basketball in high school, and so we all thought, like, oh man, a bunch of songwriters, this would be fun. We'll be, we'll we'll crush them, dude. We were like C League, so not best, not next to best, (laughs) but not the worst league, you know. And we got our asses kicked every game. I couldn't make it up and down the court three or four times without asking for a sub. I was like, dang, I'm this running up and down the courts for the birds.
1: (laughs) <laughs> Woo. That's uh, too much to handle too many I'm, not, I'm not running up and down the court anytime soon <laughs> Mm-mm. That ain't happening
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Let alone I, up and I down think I lasted court. like two games and I was like Man y'all don't need me on that team <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry I diverted your whole no, question no, I don't no, know no, what no, we're talking no, about
1: that's, that's perfect That's fine <laughs> Fine with me Oh this is going
2: to be a great episode Yes. <laughs>
1: you can already tell This is going to be great so, when did you move to Nashville? Because you you went to California first, didn't you?
2: No, no. I, I went to uh, so I signed this kind of indie Christian right. record deal right. with this label mm-hmm. called Tooth and Nail, and I went to Seattle and made a record. That's right. And uh, and then that didn't really go so hot. I moved to Nashville, and I just wasn't really very uh, very like my music wasn't very Christian, so mm-hmm. it just didn't it just didn't really fit, you know. So it just crashed and burned, and so I I, I kind of rebooted. I went back to Georgia and I started selling i started playing bars just trying to do the country you yeah. know bar gigs yeah. playing 4 hours a night which is brutal oh. ugh i mean no voice oh. you know just i
1: don't know I, I don't know how some of these guys do it cuz i know some some people that play downtown Nashville they and they do doubles down there which is which is in eight, it's brutal it's straight 8 hours
2: Right. You, play, you can only game. play Wagon Wheel so many times. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> now well now it's now it's Whiskey Glasses by Morgan Wallen. Oh yeah. You can I'm only sure. play that so many and, and Barry Bear never broke my heart.
2: Oh dude, I bet that's in the bars every night. Oh man. Yeah. And by the way, shout out to just in case listen, Rainy Montana. I'm about <laughs> to have his first number one song with that one. That thing's jammer. Poor. Yes, yeah, so I made a record in Seattle. I kind of crashed and burned here in Nashville. Moved back home. I started selling T-shirts on the, as a side hustle, like mm-hmm. as like T-shirt printed, like all the bands that I ever toured with. Oh wow! I was just calling them up, and uh, this one guy, one of my clients, was this guy at Music Business School at UGA. Mm-hmm. His name's Bruce Birch. He was like a mm-hmm. big publisher, songwriter, all kind of things here in Nashville for a long time, 80s and 90s. And he had started the music business program down at UGA. Okay, Dwayne was. Actually, who was at Sony Records, and he was going down and basically kind of kind of talent searching there in Athens, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you've heard, you know, he's probably talked yeah. about this before, but Johnny kind of had like a frustrating day as he, or week, as he told it. He did yeah. a really funny thing he was super excited about, and Backyard Country is this like 94.9 The Bull down there in Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. Every Saturday night, they play Locals Only. So my wife submitted my song because I was too prideful to do it, <laughs> and she submitted my song, and they played it right on the hour at 9. Right when started. And Bruce and his girlfriend were on a date, and Bruce heard the song, and then they said, that was Corey Crowder with Love. And so Bruce called me and was like, dude, what the hell are you doing? Like, why are you in Georgia playing bars selling T-shirts? Yeah. So he brought me to Athens. Literally two days later, I met Dwayne. Dwayne brought me to Nashville about two weeks later, and they signed me on the spot. So I was in the parking lot, and Dwayne was like, dude, they want to give you a record deal. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Holy shit. I mean, out of the yeah. blue for me, dude. And so wow. I called Laney, and I was like, we're moving back to Nashville. <laughs> so we did. Here, We've been here ever since. Holy Isn't that crazy? But well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did I skip something good? Yeah,
0: you skipped something real right, good.
2: crap. <laughs> so
0: I go down, and I meet Crowder and everything. And we're talking at UGA. And I remember I said, hey, man, Crowder, you know. Once you come back to Nashville and Crowder looked at me and said, "No, nah, man, not gonna do it. I've been there, done that. I'm not coming back." I was like, "Just do it one more time, one wow. more time." And Crowder probably don't know this, but when I was scouting down there and everything, Crowder was my first signing. My first signing, like I was fresh out the gate. Really, I went down there and I was scouting. I did hmm. this this talent expo and I was. Using that to sit there and maybe have some signing going on. Crowder wasn't even in the expo. And I heard the song and I'm just like, Well shit, man. Like let's, let's try to do something. And Crowder was actually my first signing to Sony. Heck yeah, dude. Yeah.
1: I love that. That is some <laughs> shit. <That's what's> up. <laughs> that is some shit. Isn't that yeah. awesome? That's one hell of a first signing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man.
1: I didn't know that was your, I didn't know he was your first signing. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm touched by that. Owned a spot. I'm touched. It's cool man. Dwayne was
2: literally, literally my first friend in Nashville. I mean, literally. I didn't have any. I didn't know anybody here. So Dwayne showed me the ropes, dude. I mean, when I got into town, Dwayne took me to all the cool spots, introduced me, took me to all the parties. You know. Yeah, it was good. I, I got a big head start knowing Dwayne. How, sure.
1: uh, how uh, how how many drunk nights do you have about Dwayne? Can you tell any drunk stories about Dwayne? Oh
2: yeah, I got. We're plenty. gonna put we're gonna put Dwayne <laughs> on the spot tonight. I All got right. plenty, dude. I got a good one that we hadn't talked about in a while. What's that? This is a Jules story. <laughs> you talking about the fight? No. Oh. Oh no no no. This is this is this is even better. So Jules has a thing for cows. Did you know this? <laughs> no. Oh yeah, Jules has a big thing for cows, dude. What? And uh, yeah. And so we went out one night, and I like dared her i can't remember where we were at it was like a cow print pillow she was obsessed the whole night she was like rubbing it she was like this pillow is awesome and i was like you won't take that pillow and i swear me and Dwayne forgot about we just like we were drinking having a good time we walked out on the road and she was like who won't she pulled it out of her purse i was like damn (laughs) yes It was awesome. I was like, Jules came to play. Yeah. Holy shit.
0: Yeah, my wife's gangster, man. Yeah, dude. I see why you married her. I love that.
2: And so I was, like, I was like, don't dare me to take something mm-hmm. She <laughs>
0: took that shit, I forgot about that She
2: did take that shit well, it was funny, dude, I've never forgot that I think about that all the whole time See, <laughs> so hey, anytime I see cow print something, I think about that
0: And we still got that fucking pillow, too
2: <laughs> Of course she <laughs> do She ain't letting nothing cow print go No <laughs> you gotta keep the evidence yeah. Oh keep my evidence. gosh <laughs> Oh yeah I, One time I fell asleep on Dwayne's boat Dwayne had a boat he called the Honey Badger Here's the thing
1: Cause I'm gonna pick a bone with, with Dwayne right here on recorded line here. Okay. Well, we doing this
0: tonight? Okay. I thought we was talking to the crowd. We, me and Dwayne, me and
1: Dwayne are friends. Mm-hmm. Dwayne is one of my only friends that I've never been to his house. <laughs> he keeps says he keeps saying to me, "I'm, gonna, I'm gonna invite you over. We can have cookouts and put some on the grill." Yeah. <laughs> my bad. Yeah. <sighs> Summer's almost over.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey.
1: But the grill was still burn. But the grill
2: still burn. But, <laughs> but I'm not there. And the meat is still cooked. That's hilarious, dude. I love you. He's just busting his balls. Busting his balls as soon as we walked in. As soon as you, yeah. What kind of cigar are you on? I want mild. <laughs> you ain't moved bitch. up to medium yet. <laughs> <laughs> bitch. <laughs>
0: You're
1: going to be a bitch tonight or what? <laughs>
0: All right, all right, I'm I'm out, I'm leaving, I'm out. Y'all got this. was good to see, bro. Yeah, you know, right. So, so, hey, good to see y'all too, man. I'll at y'all later. We'll there see. Goes it. all the sound,
1: all the equipment, all gone. Yeah. All the editing. All the editing. It's see how good gone. this podcast goes without the exactly. audio guy. <laughs> oh shit. Anyway, no, we we'll get much. I got much love for Dwayne. Much love. Thank um, you, thanks, so, thank you. You got, so you got signed to Sony as an artist, right? Was that that was for Christ, Was that for a Christian music? Or just no, for, that was, for was country it? music. That was for country yeah. music. Yeah. Yep, it was a wow. developmental deal. Yeah. So
2: kind of the way that, they don't really do those anymore, to my knowledge. But it's basically you know, mm-hmm. well, you they bring you to town, you write songs, you do the whole thing, and they you know they look for songs, and then you uh, you cut four or five sides, mm-hmm. and then they decide whether they want to keep it. And kind of in the middle of all that, they had kind of a regime change at Sony where they, some of the leadership moved out mm-hmm. and some new leadership moved in. And so a lot of people at my level of, uh, like, kind of development right. just kind of got canned in that process. and so That sucks. Which was the best, worst thing that's ever happened right. to me, right. for sure. Right, I wouldn't change the way that went down. Well, maybe the way it went down, but I wouldn't change. <laughs> you wouldn't change I, it happening. I wouldn't change it happening, for sure. Right. Yeah, right. I'm very thankful that it happened.
1: It's a, it was a blessing in disguise. No doubt. It was yeah. a blessing in disguise. I was no talking doubt. about that the other day with someone about the, something happened personal person with the guy. And I'm like, that's a blessing in disguise. Because if you had went through with what you were going to go through with, ain't no telling what would have. Yeah. What what could have gone wrong. What that's a hook, up dude. Blessing in disguise mm-hmm. is a hook. Yeah. That's good. There you go. I want uh, 10% of that. <laughs> <laughs> he got 15. Why don't you only get 10? No, nope nope, 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 I'm not. I'm not. No. I'm not gonna go ahead and try to most shark tank. Yeah, I'm not gonna go ahead and try to pick everything (laughs) off. I won't be in the room, so I'll take off five percent, so I'll be ten (laughs) percent.
2: I won't be in the room.
1: You do you do all the work. I just want ten percent. That's all. (laughs) Yeah, that's what my name on it. That's what my name on it. Really and truly. That's really what I want, It's my name on it. (laughs) So if you get that Grammy, hey, I got a Grammy, y'all.
2: Somebody's gonna listen to this podcast and write that hook and it'll be a big old hit. Mm-hmm. And I'd be pissed. We'll be both be pissed. I'll be pissed.
1: Well, y'all better write Well we can sue. we can sue. yeah. No, no. we can we can do some type of lawsuit or something. That's
2: a story. That's a story of every songwriter's life. You're like, I said that hook one time at a bar. Someone like, probably heard it. Nobody heard it. Nobody. We're all writing the same songs. There's nobody. no hooks really that unique.
1: Uh, there's a lot of people who who try to do that shit. Oh my God! The lawsuits are coming through with this shit. Right? In this town. Like, are you kidding me? Like, really? Come on! Mm. So you, uh, so you, so you got signed Sony development deal. You, you got canned, in your words. Um, what was so? What was next? Like, what, what, what did you? How did you feel about it? like you were because like, you were? I'm sure you were like down about it and things. like you you had just moved, up up and moved your life basically, yeah, to Nashville and for that to happen, it's like, well, shit, I didn't want to come Nashville in the first fucking place, right? And I got convinced to come here again, and then I got canned. So it's like, well, what the fuck do I do now?
2: You know, maybe it's because I've had a lot of years to like process mm-hmm. it, but I don't think I spent any days like crying in the bed, right? You know, or like questioning. I knew I was supposed to be in Nashville and that was just the means that brought me here. So yeah. I never really questioned that. And my wife's, my wife's super, super, super supportive. So she definitely wouldn't have let me get in that headspace. So man, I just kept trucking. I tried the artist thing a little bit, but you know, as I, as I kind of like went after it again, I kind of discovered that I wasn't just fired up about it as I used to be. You know, what was really firing me up was writing songs and being in the studio and I really didn't have much of a desire to play anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. I just, like, had lost that for some reason. And so I just, I made a decision. I I, I cut a couple of things with some buddies, Carrie Barlow and some mm-hmm. of the Luna Halo guys. And, and mm-hmm. that was really fun. It was good for me to, like, that be my last thing that I had, you know, done. Because right. it was so fun and, like, no pressure. Right. You know, we didn't have, I didn't have any, I don't I didn't have any management. I had, like, fired my manager. I had done, I pretty much cleaned house. I had a publishing deal with Universal still. Right. But I just went and cut some songs to like remember what it was like to love music, and from there it's just been kind of you know. You went um, back to the basics. Head down, writing songs and producing, you know, and so yeah, I, I never really like got too down and out about about the record deal thing. Wow, yeah, mm-hmm. you went
1: back to you went back to sometimes you, sometimes you have to go back to the basics in yeah. order to. Move forward.
2: Strip it all away,
1: and yeah. Just, yeah, you gotta you gotta clean house, like clean the slate, and just kind of just start over yeah. and like reboot, reboot, refine yeah.
0: your passion, re- refine your love for
1: it, and just go for it.
0: But well, let me tell you, man, Crowder had these songs. Man, he had one called "Down on the Creek," "Baby Don't Leave Me," uh "The Sound of Love." I was waiting for those songs. Yes. I didn't see those songs when I went to
2: research you. Those songs never came out. Oh, yeah. well, damn. I want to those hear those just, songs. Those are just underground Ooh. little little demos. The first few years were basically songwriting boot camp here in Nashville. It was like, I had never co-written. I, I told the story the other day, and I couldn't believe. I mean, it's such a short time. I didn't even know. I mean, I came to town, and Dwayne and, uh, and Jim at Sony were like, hey, who do you want to write with in town? And I was like, man, I don't even know any writers' names. I, I didn't even know.
0: I don't know anything about the
2: culture of songwriting or anything. So the first three or four years, I was writing like two and three songs a day. It basically just like going to the driving range, you know, just like just getting my drive longer and straighter every time Mm -hmm. to the point where, you know, every hundred songs I would write. You know, I'd write a couple that were like bangers. And you're like, "Ooh, I'm starting to you're starting to to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I had a. I, I'm thankful for the first few years to grind it out, and I got in the room with a bunch of badasses, you know, number one, that one hit writers. Me yeah, so much about songwriting. So I kind of, I really did get to skip ahead. I mean, part of it is figuring out like what your thing is mm-hmm. and like how
1: you want to say it.
2: You know, I embraced a long time ago. Like, what's your language? Yeah, I'm not going to be on every record that ever right. comes out because I might not be the best songwriter fit for that particular artist. Right, but for this one, I might be. A home run every time we write because it's like right in my wheelhouse you know right. so you just kind of like instead of trying to be everything just be really good at what you're good at you know right yeah. right that's you're so right i i uh, i wrote with a bunch of the bunch of the like legends you mm-hmm. know and i learned that was one of the first lessons i started to learn yeah i was like i need to figure out what my thing is you know
1: right because once you do then it's then you're off to the races you're running with the horses now that's right, right. You get nominated for Grammys and Billboard Music Awards and ACMs and, and three week number ones. Isn't that crazy? So
0: I have a question. Hit me. How was it when you got your first number one?
2: Oh man. <laughs> I wanna know how
1: I wanna know how was that mailbox dance? <laughs> Eighteen months later. I didn't want to know about the date. Eighteen months later, how was that mailbox dance? Dude. <laughs> Did you bring out some kid and play Did you 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 why bring out some kid and play on that one or man, what? Man, you see
2: that Jeep in the parking lot? Yeah. That was what it was. <laughs> I told myself I'm gonna buy myself a Jeep when I have a number one. And so that was literally the first thing I did. Wow. Once I had that first check, I was like, here we go, let's go buy my Jeep. Mm. Uh first number one, uh man, it's real it's a relief. It's kind of because you believe it, you know, you believe in yourself enough Mm -hmm. to say, I think, I think I'm capable of writing a number one song. Mm -hmm. Right. But you do just kind of always view it as like, man, but that's probably never going to happen to me, you know, and, and it, it does. It feels very relieving. It's like Nicole Gallien said this one day to me, I, I think it was the first ride after I had that hit. She said, feels like you're on the practice squad. It doesn't matter how good of a practice you have. You ain't getting in the game. And it didn't matter. You could mm. have the best. You could drain threes all day, and you still practice squad. Right. And, wow. And she said, but when you have your first hit, it's like they put you on the lineup. You know what I mean? Wow. And so now, like, you're getting in the game, and, like, you have a chance to score and hit threes. And the better you play, then, then you're starting, right? The more, the you know? more time
1: you get. And right. it was
2: just a cool analogy, especially coming from a basketball background. Yeah. I was like, man, that is so. That is what it feels like. Because it felt so daunting. You'd be like, man, I, I don't even know if I want to write a song today because we even if we wrote a hit, nobody'd ever hear it. It's probably imaginary, but for a songwriter, it does feel like that. Once you have that first hit, you're like, oh my God, like, we can do this. Like What I do today could be a hit could in be a, hit. a year. So we need to take it way serious right. and make every line perfect and make every melody dope and make the track sick so that it. Wow. Because every song could be the next, you know? And so wow. that was the first time I'd felt that.
1: I keep telling everybody, Mike. As a songwriter, that 18 months later, after a waiting period of getting your first royalty check from
2: that number one hit. Mm-hmm. Man, it's crazy to. And it takes that long for one to get paid. It's crazy to make money from a song. <laughs> you know? <I> mean, just <laughs> something you made up, you know. With right. some friends of With yours, some friends. And then they paid you a lot of money. It's crazy. Ooh.
0: Ooh. That's, That's pretty yeah, much it's, what it is.
1: That's weird. I'll split it four ways.
0: But then I need to cash my ticket in there. Let me, let me. I'm just gonna show Marcus this over here. Let me, let me cash uh, my ticket oh, in. Oh,
2: oh my god, he has it! Yes, dude. Oh
1: my god. <laughs> hey, that's real. Wow.
2: I need to get one of those. Yep. I'm gonna send this to I Jimmy Allen. Truck. Lainey and I talk about that a lot <laughs> about the truck. <laughs> I'm like, if I ever make. Stupid money. One day, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna surprise Dwayne, mm. and I'm gonna send, i send him like a, like a complete,
1: fully loaded, uh, custom made, nah,
2: just a rust bucket, just and be like, I told you I'd buy a truck, and Dwayne's gonna be, like,
0: just to see what he says.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, dude, I wanted the F150.
0: <laughs> I want the F150 full, but he gotta have a sunroof. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god, that's some funny!
2: I'll shit. all you, sunroof, in that rust bucket. Okay, thank, you. thank <laughs> you. I made it. That's
1: funny. I made it. made a deal with one of my friends, and I told her as we made a deal. I want to say maybe five, six years ago, four years ago actually, and I said, first person between two of us make a million dollars, we buy the, we buy the other person their dream car. I don't know how far along she is on making that million dollars. <laughs> Neither one of us is pretty close to it, so at this point in time, we ain't buy each other shit. <laughs> But Chipotle, million
2: uh, dollars ain't a million dollars. It's really about yeah, six hundred and fifty because the government cause takes because government tax. and then you pay this person and this person and this person, and then you got to dig yourself out of debt. And you know, get that it ain't get that it ain't a, really that it ain't really
1: that. I'm About to tell you that you probably had three hundred thousand, <laughs>
2: and that's something, right?
1: Yeah. Oh my God, <laughs> that's crazy. Oh man, all the days so. Your, your first pub deal, because I know you went a long time without a pub deal after after Universal.
2: I went a few months. It wasn't a long time, but that was because Kent Earls at Universal really right. did me a good service. And he, he let me know ahead right. that they weren't going to pick my deal up. So he gave me paid time right. to find a new home, mm. which, I, which I really thought was a super classy, awesome move on his part. And he gave, even gave me like names and like people that he thought I should call and like right because his hands were tied you know I mean I get it it's it's a it's a numbers game and right so you you know that's it's just like sports it's like you never take it personal you just right
1: it's, it's a business it's yeah. a
2: business and you know friendships are friendships and business is business and so it's like that was one of those deals where he did he did me right you know and I, I so I, I had time before I was gone to kind of transition and I ended up going with uh, Liz Rose and Warner Chapel mm-hmm. for, for about three and a half, four years. For those of
1: you who don't know who Liz Rose is, she basically wrote the first two Taylor Swift albums. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Girl Crush. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh-huh. And then one song off a Red.
2: Yeah. album. She taught she, Taylor how to write songs, song. Yeah. Man. Yeah.
1: Songs About Rain by Gary Allen. She wrote song. that. That's oh. one of my favorite country songs of all That's time.
2: That's a great song. I've, I always forget. Any
1: Night in Georgia. Oh. Kentucky Rain.
0: Hey, everybody, that's that's Marcus over there on the vocals.
1: No, actually, that was Corey Crowder singing or singing. <laughs> he threw his voice is what happened. His... It's a cigar. It's a cigar. It's good. Getting... <laughs> so tell us a story about Liz. How how did that come about? And
2: Liz and I had worked on Jamie Lynn Spears together. She was really a big part of writing a bunch of stuff with Jamie Lynn. And mm-hmm. they had been hunting, like, a young, hungry producer that would, could really dedicate lots of time. And I was... You know, I was willing to do anything, and I was especially something like Jamie Lynn Spears was, was right. awesome, man. I was excited. I liked the music they had, and so Liz and I had a great time working on that. And then we—I uh, just told her I was like, "Hey, I'm looking for a publishing deal. I'm not not even sure if you'd be interested, but I'm meeting with people." And she was like, "Of course, would be interested." And so they—we uh, moved down the field pretty quick, and wow. just yeah.
1: Jamie Lynn Spears, she is one of the coolest people I've ever met in this industry. So she was. Uh, so I used to book at a bar here. It's now Baltons, where Baltons is at now. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, I booked her. She was not bill like on the bill. She was a surprise guest because I knew her her manager, Trista.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Oh man, and he's so, an awesome yeah. Guy.
1: He lives in uh, Texas now. Yeah, he does. Yeah. And um, and Tristan, told me, he's like, hey, I got this. I got this girl. Can we just come out and bring her out? Like you know, play a little bit. And I'm like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, well, who is she? And he's like, it's Jamie Lynn Spears. And I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. In my mind, because at that time, you know, a, a, a rookie in the industry, well, a rookie in Nashville, rather, it's like, well, this can lead to this. This can lead to that. This can lead. Maybe we'll get Britney out there. Uh huh. Never happening. But <laughs> <laughs> never happening. But that's what wishful thinking and yeah. being young in the industry was like, yeah. well, maybe she'll just pop in. And uh, Jamie Lynn Spears came, and she was phenomenal.
2: Yeah, man, she's awesome. Like her vocals yeah. are
1: just so damn good.
2: It's cool and smoky, and yeah, like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah,
1: and she was she's very humble. Oh yeah. I, I almost I almost want to say that like it's night and day as far as personalities with Britney and, and and Jamie. Yeah, but they're so. But at the same time, you can still tell that they're sisters yeah because yeah, of I the relationships and, and things like that yeah
2: yeah i mean i think that's natural when your siblings yeah you kind of take on different personalities yeah just to yeah survive just in to your, survive yeah. in your own right
1: yeah and she was just so down to earth i'm like that's really cool so it's really it was when i saw her when i saw her name come on, on your on your list today I, i'm like oh shit
2: yeah man that was like the first big thing that i produced and and it uh it really opened a lot of doors mm-hmm. i think I mean, I met, all the, met a lot of the studio guys I still use on records oh, wow. I met from that session. Wow. Uh, Derek Wells, who's now multi-ACM Guitar Player of the Year. I'm about to say, that
1: name sounds really familiar. Yeah, mm. I mean,
2: he's award-winning and like played on every record you've, you've ever heard. You know. I wow. mean, he's so talented. But I met Derek, and I met all, all those guys through that time period. So wow. It was, uh, Jamie Lynn, was that was a really—I mean, I feel like my production career really took off from, from that project wow so
1: tell us about the day you met chris young
2: i was playing in a softball game with church league and josh hoag which Ah, is a buddy buddy from way back who
1: uh, also created whiskey jam
2: that's right right and josh called me and me and josh had been writing and and josh was kind of at the same point in his career i was where he'd given up an artist career he was trying to make a living being a songwriter Mm -hmm. and, and he'd had a couple cuts and anyway him and chris were buddies from the bar and he, uh, he was like, hey, do you want to write with Chris Young tomorrow? And so I was like, yes. So I canceled my write, and we wrote the next day. And uh, I th- we ended up cutting uh, the first song we wrote on the record, the first record. Really? What song was that? Alone Tonight. And that was mm. the first song we ever wrote together. Really? Yeah. And we we just, I remember we were two or three songs in, and I went to hang out at, the, at a Tin Roof with Chris and Josh. And Chris was like, man, those demos sound so good, dude. I was like, oh, man, I'm not a, I'm not a mixer or anything, man. I just, right. These are just ideas. And he was like, don't ever say that about yourself. He was like, you're badass. He was like, in fact, wow. I would love for my records to sound like these demos. And I was like, oh, well, we could do that. Wow. <laughs> and he, and, you know, we started those conversations then. And yeah, man, like, it, I would swear it was just a couple months later, he was like, man, I want to make my records with you. I'd love to co-produce and. I think it'd be fun to do that with you. And wow. we've been partners ever since. How many years ago was that? Five or six. Five or six years man. ago. And
1: crushing it. Crushing it <laughs> nonstop. Crushing
2: it. That's my homie, man. We've we've had a lot of success together, but it's also like, I don't know, we've lived a lot of life together, you know. I mean, right. our both of our careers have kind of exploded together. You know, he was obviously way more established than I was, but I mean we've his career since we started working together, our both have exploded together. It's been right. fun to kind of rise Right. You know, as buddies. As
1: buddies together. Yeah. That's kind of like the Kenny Chesney and Tim McGraw thing. Yeah. Because they rose together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, that's, that's, that's phenomenal. So tell us about when you the session of you writing, thinking think of you.
2: Man, I had this idea. Laney and I have been together since I was 16, 20 years yeah. together. So I don't really. Is that high school? That's, that that's is high school. school. That's yeah. High school. high
0: school. Yeah. High school sweetheart.
2: Yeah, so I I really don't have, you know, I don't have any heartbreak experience, (laughs) so even though, I mean, I try to write heartbreak songs when it's appropriate, it's, uh, I'm not, I don't have a whole lot of life experience over there, right? Right. Lanny and I were talking, I was, because one of our friends had just gotten divorced, and I was like, man, that would suck so bad, because all of our friends are the same at this Mm. point in life, and we've been together since we were kids, so we don't have any separate anything, you know, it's like all the same, you know, we Mm -hmm. like the same stuff, and so I just had this idea, like. Because everybody, the first thing they say if they know me is, how's Laney doing? I mean, it's probably the first thing you said to me when I walked in. earlier. Yeah. it's like, and so it, that was where the idea came from. I texted the boys. I was like, man, I got a duet idea, which is nobody ever says they want to write a duet. Because <laughs> <laughs> if it doesn't get cut by the person you're writing it with, it'll pretty much never get cut. It'll never get cut. This is a hard one because there's not that many every year, you know? Right. Yeah. And uh, we wrote it. Emily Shackleton sang on the demo. Chris played a guitar pool mm-hmm. with Cassidy a couple weeks later. Called me and was like, I got the girl. It's Cassidy Pope. She's the best singer I've heard in a long time. I was like, well, let's make it happen. And there it is. The rest is history. Wow. Yeah. That's and the-
1: Cassidy's vocals are just phenomenal. Dude,
2: we freaked out over her in the studio. It was the first time I'd ever met her. She came in and she sang. She had learned the song in and out. I mean, I was kind of prepared to have to walk somebody through right. harmony parts she'd already got her parts down she'd learned emily's parts and then made them her own and then it hit the bridge and like she went she went off on the bridge and me and chris were like little kids in the control room like it was it <laughs> was really cool those were like those were little gifts those little those hooks like that yeah just uh it's from a real place it's just so rare you know that you have a story most a lot of songs are just like a title and right that one was always a story you know we had it was just kind of the what if and it's so relatable. Right. Shoot, half of marriages end in divorce so and yeah. most of you know, most relationships end in breakups. You're right, right. <laughs> Especially yeah. the long-term ones. Mm. And
1: yeah, it's just it's so it's so crazy. That's such a good, good such a good fucking song.
2: Thanks, dude. I love that song. That's one of my favorites. Wow.
1: So now you're signed with Tree Vibes.
2: Yeah. Which
1: is owned by FGL.
2: Yep. And mm-hmm. you got
1: Ray Lynn over there. That's right. Who else is over there? Is Morgan Wallen over there? No, Wargan. Kanan Smith. Kanan Smith. Smith. Yeah, Jordan Schmidt. Jordan Schmidt is over there. Yeah, I got some heavy hitters, y'all, and they've been kicking out some hits over there. Yeah, man. It's really it's really so and, and now but you're also you just produced Cassidy Pope's album. Right. And you produced Ray Lynn as well. That's right. Are you currently doing that now? she's cause yeah, she, we're I heard she's to, recording now.
2: Yeah, two new songs coming out pretty soon. Okay the next couple months. And uh man, all this new Ray Lynn stuff's real good, dude. It's like Dolly Parton and Cardi B had a baby. It's, it's, I'm serious. What it's awesome. What a
1: combination. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like,
2: it's like old school throwback country yeah. melodies and like country lyric, but it has some ass on it. It's like, wow. yeah, it's really cool. It's like different. It's a, I've never heard anything like it. It's, Cause I like, I love Tuggate. Thanks, man. I and love Tugget. You wrote that on the Tree Vibes bus. Did you really? Yeah, in Key West. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of all places. Yeah, I love Tugget. Yeah, of all places. love yeah.
1: mm. Key West. I I, I do love Tugget because I think that's one of her best songs that she released. Man,
2: wait till you hear this song that's about to come out called Keep Up. Okay. That's, that's the jam. That's this, It's the perfect example of what I'm saying about the Cardi B and, wow. and Rihanna, Dolly Parton thing. It's. It's, it's a hot
0: one. Well, we know where you got that car to be, because let me tell you, all Crowder, <laughs> man, we used to go to Atlanta, and he used to take me to the clubs down there. And let me tell you, Crowder getting the clubs, and it's he's a totally different dude. That's all I got to say. He's oh, come a
1: totally on. different dude. <laughs> I feel like Dwayne is a totally different dude in the clubs. Man, I turn up. <laughs> <laughs> We've never been out in the club together. We haven't <laughs> been out in a club. We should probably change that. Mm. Sorry, Jules. I'm taking I, him out one night.
2: I did, man. It was, I, I have a, I have that side to me. I, I, I loved hip hop in the '90s, and so like, I do have that side of me, you know, being from Atlanta.
1: Oh shit! Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we need to all go to a club one day,
2: man. MJQ is this awesome club. I don't even Ooh. know if it's there anymore. Probably not, but it was an underground club, so it was weird. You, you kind of walk into it, and it looked like it was in just the parking lot, and there was just like a, a this a road, road door, and wow. there was this doorman. You walk down these sketchy steps, and then it's this awesome. I mean, one night we were there, and they were doing, like, a, a for-real dance battle. Yeah. Like, like a, an actual dance battle, like, you see in the movies, but it was in real life. Wow. It was dope. It was
0: the coolest, <laughs> one of the coolest things I've seen. And then afterwards, Crowder will always take me to this one spot, man, and they will have these Goldfish Cheeseburgers. <sighs> what? Goldfish Cheeseburgers.
2: Yeah, dude. Outside of Peachtree Tavern was this country club, and next door... They had this upstairs they had this like frat bar, I don't remember what it was called. And then next door it was this club, like for real, like just dance club. A lot of times I'd play Peachtree Tavern and then we'd go next door and club right. at the after the show. Right. And uh but they had this little trailer, food truck, set out outside. And this Joker made cheeseburgers, and then he put a layer of goldfish crackers on top and then he put the bun on mm-hmm. and it was good so good. So good. Cause
1: now I'm like thinking like maybe I should go home and try to make that myself.
2: Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't I'm just visioning you like heating up a microwave burger and slapping some goldfish on it. <laughs> just slapping some goldfish right on top of it. Some It'd probably be good. It probably would be. I mean you I like, like some shit I made burger? in college. <laughs> <laughs> it's good man. It, there was something about the specific you ever had burgers at a baseball field like rec league baseball yeah. field? It's kind of the consistency of these burgers so they weren't like top shelf beef mm. which kind of made the whole thing cuz it was just trashy baseball field burgers with goldfish on. Well that's right. normally the good awesome.
1: shit. But that's normally the that's, that's normally the good quality shit, the good tasting shit is when when you have the the you don't get the whole real deal right. like real beef type bullshit that you get. And you like, and it's like, oh, this is actually really good. And you realize that it's like one of those microwave bag ones
2: that <laughs> like they like, would sell to vending machines. <laughs> this guy made a killing. I don't know why he would have ever stopped. There was a line, we'd wait for an hour, hour. for those things. And it's worth it because you're kind of drunk and you need something to soak up the alcohol. And so you're like, oh, it's kind of like how Paradise Park
0: was for us. Right. But I'm pretty sure if you had like a goldfish cheeseburger during the day, it probably wasn't good. But at nighttime, it was oh, the yeah. shit. You know, that's how it was at Paradise Park. I hated the food during the
1: day, but after I had a few drinks. Man, okay. It was like, it's time for me to chow down on this. Mm-hmm.
2: Dude, you know where we went the other week was we scooted down and we went to Robert's. Oh. And we all had Robert's cheeseburgers and like fried Ooh. pickles and onion rings. And, and it just reminded me like the old days. It was awesome. Oh, man. And we all had, I think we all drank uh, Natty Lights just to like get the experience. See, you know? I won't do that. Just to get the experience. No, nope,
0: I won't do that. Mm-mm.
1: I
2: can't. I can't go back. I can't,
1: I can't do nailate. light. I won't do nailate. light. I refuse to do nae. <laughs> hey, I'm not saying it was good. I was, it was.
2: It, it just reminded me of the good old days, you know. What are you smoking over there? I don't know. What am I smoking? I think.
1: Are you smoking? The, I think you're smoking the espada.
2: Yeah, espada. The espada. Yeah. How is it? It's amazing. Yeah? Yeah, I'm crushing this thing. Yeah, he is. I'm going to taste it all day tomorrow. He, he,
1: <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. You yeah. are going to taste it. Hopefully, hopefully, won't, you won't call, call Dwayne and be like, hey, I'm very nauseous and woozy today. Nah. <laughs> I can handle it. I can handle it.
0: Because
1: Dwayne, man. I mean, so, Dwayne had a medium one time. We didn't know it was a medium. So, I think it was also a mental preparedness type thing.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And I, he called me. He called me the next day. And we were just talking, and he's like, "Man, I didn't feel good when I got home. I felt really woozy and nauseous last night when I got home." I'm like, "What? I was fucked up." He, yeah. sure
2: that wasn't <laughs> no, 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 no. It it was. The, I don't think I've ever felt like that from a cigar.
1: I've only had once, and it wasn't a mild. It wasn't a mild or medium cigar. It was a very like very bold, strong cigar. Mm. And I, and you have to lay down. Yeah, like you got to lay down after you have it. And it's just like because if you don't, you can't function.
2: Man. I don't even have ever it's felt just that. It's just that strong. Yeah, it was strong.
0: Yeah. It's just that strong. I just wasn't ready. <laughs> he <knew> he
1: wasn't <laughs> no, he wasn't ready. <laughs> <laughs> what Looking
0: you got like over a there? Damn, fool. Oh, man, I'm smoking <laughs> this thing over here. Hey, first of all, let me tell y'all, I done graduated from the mild up to this medium <laughs> after joint. After I called him right out it on you? it? Yeah, after everybody done called me out on it. But this thing right here is called the <laughs> hair of the dog. And this hair of the dog man is actually pretty damn smooth, so I'm actually really, really happy with it right now. Cool. I, I might be complaining about it tomorrow, but that's tomorrow. We ain't gonna talk about that shit. But you know what? This shit's good right now. I don't think you're gonna. Compl- <laughs> I
1: don't think you'll be complaining about it tomorrow. I think I think you'll be good tomorrow. I'll be good tomorrow. You man. ate something today. I, ate that like was, that. I think that's also the issue is that yeah. you 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 smoked on an empty stomach.
0: I
2: did. I was. ooh.
0: Yeah, you ooh. smoked on an
1: empty stomach. You can never smoke on an empty stomach. Yeah. That's why I got some chicken at home right now. Uh-oh.
2: Mm. <laughs> we just had yeah. a little true food. You been to true food yet? No. Ooh, you got to try some true food. It's over in Green Hills. Really? Mm. You tried that? I haven't had that. Man, I don't know where it's from. I think it might be L.A., uh-huh. but it's, uh, it's real good. It's kind of casual, and it's just like real healthy food, but it's all done really well. Really? And they make some killer drinks you like tequila drinks so I you need to tequila. go over there and try they have a mezcal drink and they also have like a really great kind of like citrus margarita thing it's all like real fruit You're muddled speaking in my it. language you man it's real speaking good my language over it's there it's good man i got a i got a marg recipe that right now that is so dialed and my wife and i i lost a bunch of weight a couple of years ago i lost like 60 pounds and i probably gained 10 of it back in margaritas this summer just from, it's, it's so good. I got it dialed. You got to come have one of those.
1: Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm down with that. I'm down with it too. We need to make that happen. I've
2: been making them on the road on this tour, this FGL tour, and, dude, we've gotten to the point where, like, when we get out on the road, all this, all the this stuff I need is there for the you marks. Might, you might end up having <laughs> to put,
1: put some in the bar. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, dude. I've been making it for everybody.
1: That's like uh, Miranda Lambert doing her. She has her, her she calls it Randaritas. Miranda Rita. Have you had one? Oh, yeah. How good are they? Are they, are they? are they that
2: good? I had her make me one one night on tour, and, and they're awesome. Yeah, they don't taste like they have any alcohol in them. That's what I've been told.
1: Like, they'll sneak up on you quick.
2: Well, I mean, think about putting Crystal Light in water, how good it is. If you put it in <laughs> booze,
1: it's no different.
2: <laughs> it just tastes like Crystal Light.
1: <laughs> wow. So what's your advice to, songwriters, to up-and-coming
2: songwriters, up-and-coming producers that just moved to Nashville? I mean, this, this is like corny advice, but it's the best advice that I've heard. Mm-hmm. And it's just write a lot and say yes to everything mm-hmm. until you have enough shit going on where you don't have to say yes to everything. And that's that's what I did. I was writing like three songs a day. Anybody that wanted to write, I said yes. And any anybody that wanted me to produce something, I'd say yes. You know, until something started popping or until I really dialed something in, I just needed to... Right. Like I said, it's like a driving range. I just needed to swing, you know? Right. And so... That's the biggest thing that I did that I benefited from, and I feel like it helped me. It dialed me in on, like, what my thing was, you know? Right. And being a good hang and, like, being able to do this with people and go to the bar or go to whatever and be able to hang with people and people like you Mm -hmm. goes a lot further than you'd think, you know, just because when I think about people to work with, I think about people that I enjoy working with, you know? Right. And so I think that I'm not alone in that either. That's very yeah. true. But I do think that coming out of your bubble a little bit, it's like the people in town that are heavy hitters are all that way. They're all big personalities, and I don't think that you can make it in this
1: industry being an introvert. Well, you can't. I'm. I'm but I mean, like, like you have to have the ability to be an introvert, but also being able to turn that off, turn that yeah. party personality off. And, and turning on the extrovert even if you have to
2: fake it sometimes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because like switch. Yeah, you have I mean, you to be You might able to try- have something
2: happen but like at a at just a consistent level. Yeah. Cuz what what it really translates to is you make people feel comfortable. Right. And and when you're comfortable, you breeds creativity, you know. Right. And so like when people when you have a good when you're a good vibe and you and and you just have fun and you like kind of make that goal number one, it's I've every time I've ever had anything big happen has been because of that. You know what I mean? Like right. think about the Chris thing I was telling you. He enjoyed working together. We right. had fun. We right. Had, right. I I never you know, I wasn't a bad vibe in the room. We just tried to roll and write songs that we liked, you know. Right. Was, and I I don't know. It's simple advice, but the guys that I really watched crush it in town, that's kind of their MO. They outwork everybody and they and they're good vibes, you, you gotta know. Got
1: to outwork everybody.
2: Have to. Yeah.
1: You have to outwork everybody in the room. Oh
2: man, I'm the first one on the building every morning, dude. You better believe it. And I'm one of the last I was the last one to to leave today. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) You gotta be. Yeah. You gotta be. You gotta have that work ethic to make it in this industry. Actually, any industry, really, truly. Yeah. But you gotta be that person that first went in, last one out. Mm hmm. make it it happen.
2: Everybody wants a shortcut. There's not really a shortcut that I've found. If there is, then I've missed it. (laughs) I drove past the shortcut. There's no shortcuts at (laughs) all. No. No.
0: it's grinding, man. There's no put, shortcut. Put your nose to it and it's grind. It and if you out. do, and
1: it's the thing is that if you do get a shortcut and then you start become successful really quick, then guess what's going to happen? You're going to plateauing at some point, yeah. And there's not going to be another level for you to go to because you've already made it to the top of the game, yeah. Which kind of sucks. I, I kind of like it when you have like, what was I? I was what that I said. I think I said in one episode. I said um, I'm into the baking, not the microwaving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you baking something, you taking that time and you and you seasoning it and you and you taking the time of thirty minutes to an hour or whatever, however long it's gonna to take to cook it, we are gonna say a ham, so like an hour or two, mm-hmm. instead of putting something in the microwave that takes like three minutes to cook, yeah, <laughs>
2: and it's quick, fast in a hurry. No, man, you're right. That's a good way to put it. It's like that.
0: It's a slow build. And let me tell you this, y'all. Crowder got that laris out, y'all. Yeah, yeah. He got
1: that laris out that girl, and that garlic powder on there. Man, okay. Old obey <laughs> Yeah, Old <and obey. laughs> It's oh working my. out. It's working out, man. I want to thank you for coming because we we're gonna sit here and hang for a little bit. Yeah. Thank so I want I want to thank you for coming and, and thank you for doing this. this dude, has been thank y'all. Really great. Yeah. I'm glad that you were. Literally, he told me that he's like, he's like when y'all told me this, he goes, "Let's make this happen as soon as possible." Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, dude, it's not kind of fun. I'm like, cigars and whiskey and hanging with my dudes? Let's do it. Yes. Let's do it. So this, yes. is, this has been fun. Yeah, man. Yes. This has been fun. It's very laid back. It's very laid back. Up?
1: I never said that I was I was smoking a diesel. Is, oh. that, what you, is that what you're smoking, a it's, a, it's brand new. It's a diesel whiskey row. Ooh. It's brand new. Uh, I came in here the day before we went to record Richard Tatum. Yeah. And um, I saw they had just put them out. In the humidor here at Casa de Monte Cristo. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, I got to try that next time in here. And so she remembers. She's like, I "I can't remember which one it was. And she walked past it. I think it was a diesel. And I'm like, I think it was too. Yeah. And this is like really. It's really smooth. I I purposely stopped smoking it because I figured we're going to hang out for a little bit here. So I'm going to go ahead and smoke me smoke. Light it up and smoke it again. Yeah. (laughs) But it's so good. Yeah. It's really good. But seriously, what's your Instagram handle so everybody? Corey can follow? Crowder,
2: uh, C O R E Y, and then Crowder, C R O W D R. Like like Crowder peas, like Crowder, Crowder peas. That's right, Crowder peas. <laughs> oh, dude, don't say that up north. I was like, it's Corey, and then Crowder, like Crowder peas, and they're like, what's that?
1: What the hell's a crow? What's you know, Crowder it's P? like that's like my last name is Coger. And everyone thinks that it's Kroger, and I'm like, I don't. I'm from Philadelphia, ah. so it's like, what the hell is a Kroger? For all my life, I was like, what the hell is a Kroger? Had no idea, and I finally moved out. I'm like,
2: oh, that's a Kroger, dude. No. I was just in Philly. Where are you really? We had a. What's the famous Philly cheese place? Uh,
1: Please don't tell me you went to you went to Tony Luke's or something. No, Did you he, go to
2: Pats. Our yes, our after show food was Pats. Yeah, you went to Pats. Yeah, our after show food was Pats. Not like the best stays. one. But it was It was, it was good. good.
1: It's good. It was it's good. A, the, Pat's and Geno's are the.
2: Geno's is what we had.
1: Geno's. No, no, no. Geno's
2: is what we had. Well, they're
1: because they're across the street from each other. Yeah.
2: Geno's. And it came in like, it looked like pizza boxes, but yeah. they were like all wrapped yeah. up. Yeah.
1: So, Geno's and Pat's are the infamous uh, on Infamous Street where Rocky ran doing his lap in the movie. Cool. To the, to the museum. So, that's how they kind of became. Famous, but if you ever go back to Philly, which I'm sure you will because Chris plays there, oh, yeah, often. He just did XTU anniversary show up there. Um, go to gyms on South Street, okay, fourth and south. All right, it's across the street from a two story. I'm gonna hit you up before I go and get that. Yeah, (laughs) it's on South Street, like South Street has like all like clubs, bars. They even have a store like called Condom Kingdom that has different kind of things. <laughs> Seriously, Dang. it has all these different kind of condoms, and I never been and I just passed it by. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but the, they got the ticklers. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: oh my god! Wow, Dude, that's like truck stop. Exactly. That's the that's the, that's the bathroom where it's like. <laughs> The mystery the package. The mystery
1: package is coming out. Yeah. Is, this going to, this, is
2: this going to work? Yeah.
1: Is <laughs> this shit going to break? Yeah. <laughs> what is this? Um. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that topic went all a little deep in on that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, man. But seriously, thanks for coming. It's been yeah. fun. Thank you. This is another episode of Smoking Section. Another one. Follow okay. us on Smoking Section Podcast. Highlands. On Instagram. Okay smoking x section on twitter
2: <laughs> twitter you, yeah you're on that twitter game hey, man i'm i'm am t- tweeting i hadn't checked the twitter man i, in, mm-hmm. I hadn't tweeted in a long time
1: <laughs> and there it is There it is. We're going to end on that note. I haven't checked the Twitter. I haven't tweeted. Tweet. (laughs) Tweet. 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 (laughs) It's another episode here at Casa de Monte Cristo. Yes. All right, we're out. Peace. Peace.